By staying home, you can not only protect your health and that of those around you, but ensure that our healthcare professionals and our healthcare systems can focus on those who need their help. Hello and welcome to Corona Movie Club, my entertainment world's answer to social isolation. Um, so we have a schedule of movies and we're all going to watch them independently in our own socially isolated homes and then three times a week we're going to get together over the internet and talk about them just like your mom's old book club used to do. Um, except now there's nothing old about it because it's all over the internet and we're all social isolating so that we don't help spread the coronavirus around the universe. Um, so we have people from all over North America who are participating and there's going to be different people on each call from the uh, core group. And so every episode, I'm going to come in and introduce the film that we're going to be watching, as well as the names of the people that are going to be on that week's call or that episode's call, because we're going to be doing this three times a week. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy. Let's go to the movies. It's something to do. So today we're talking about what was my favorite film we've seen in all of Corona Movie Club so far. Um, yet another, we've been doing a lot of 2018 movies, um, but so this one was also a 2018 movie, but it was a documentary. So I think this is our third or fourth documentary that we've done, um, and it's the best one. It's called Behind the Curve. It was so good. It was well-made. It was humane. It was complex. It was multi-layered, and it was also just a really, and it was really well-structured, uh, the filmmaking was good, but also it was just a really, really interesting story. Um, so this is behind the Flat Earth Movement in the U.S., which is um, a bunch of crazy lunatics. Um, I mean, I should be nicer. But no, I mean, crazy lunatics. It's, like, genuinely pretty dangerous. Um, uh, crazy people who think that the Earth is actually flat, and it's all a big conspiracy theory to make us believe. Um, I don't know why they... I'm sure it's in the documentary. It's been a while now. Uh, we recorded this a while ago, but I don't remember why they think that everyone is so invested in c tricking them into thinking the earth is round. Um, but they think the earth is flat. And I think it's just kind of like a fun thing for them to invest their time in. I think it's a bunch of lonely people who need to believe in something and the things that everyone else believes in that are being offered up as options of something to believe in are not somehow satisfying them. And so they've sort of concocted this other thing in which, into which they can pour their mental energy um, as a sort of coping mechanism. They're really, and, and one of the great things about this film is that it treats the people quite humanely as if it recognizes that this probably is a coping mechanism and, they, and they're probably going through something. And they need something. And this is what they found. Um, so it deals really complexly with that tension of trying to be empathetic towards these people and trying to understand why it is that they've deluded themselves into this crazy idea. But then also acknowledging that, like, no, it's it's very dangerous to set a precedent that uh, scientists aren't to be trusted. Um, so that tension it makes it a really compelling narrative. Um, they found some really interesting leading players uh, for this documentary and it's just really well made and it was a delight. I'd never heard of it before. Somebody put it on their, um, 
Well, I think I'd, I'd vaguely heard of it, but I hadn't seen it certainly. And, and somebody put it on their list of requests for Corona Movie Club. And then, uh, so it was just a delight. It was my favorite discovery so far. So definitely go check it out and definitely listen to our conversation because it's pretty fun. I feel like you both have things to say about this documentary. Yeah. So let's just jump right in. Steve has brought a globe with him. <laughs> a sphere yes. of lies. Yes. Uh, well, it is a sphere of lies, according to a lot of people. I don't know. Not me. Did did the movie convert anyone? Oh, I don't think that's what its <laughs> thing was about. <laughs> or was it? I mean, okay, look. <laughs> I'm just going to say, obviously it didn't convert me. Obviously it has... Um, you know, this is a really tricky balance to strike where they had to be really, really clear that they were not promoting or endorsing any of the views that they were talking about. And they did a really good job of balancing. Like there were way more experts who actually knew what they were talking about than, um, conspiracy theorists, which is, you know, it, it got rid of that issue, which you see on cable news all the time of like mm. one climate scientist to one climate denier, which is not representative of actual, like the actual facts of the case. Um, so they, they managed to strike that balance really well of not endorsing it, but they also didn't do the thing that I was fully expecting them to do which was kind of make fun of these people. They made fun of them like a little bit, like an appropriate yeah. amount, I'd say. Like <laughs> can you not? Scanning over to the not? start, mm-hmm. like any of the things where there was like a visual way to contra- directly contradict the thing they just said, like going over to the right. start button when they were like, this thing's <laughs> starting, all that kind of stuff, <laughs> like the light mockery that worked for me, but it wasn't super cynical. It wasn't mean spirited. Mm-hmm. It, really portrayed the the people as real people it, it was it was such a human mm-hmm. documentary that had like space in its heart and its brain to really listen to them um and not call them crazy and that speech from the scientist guy at that like pub oh, yeah. night about like the responsibility of scientists and seeing all these conspiracy theorists as potential scientists who like I think that as a culture, we make it impossible for people to turn back when they're on the wrong road. And this documentary was such a like lovely reminder to fucking stop doing that. Yeah, you know what I mean. It was. I just yeah. loved it so much. I thought it was the best made documentary we, I've seen in eight. <laughs> it was structured well. They. Mm-hmm. I liked all of the interview subjects. I liked the approach to it. It was interesting subject and also a well made film. And this is the first. Honest to God, this is the first movie. <laughs> in all of Corona Movie Club that wasn't a movie I was already familiar with or just like a perfectly nice little silly thing that I've genuinely really liked. So I'm like really psyched and I'm going to criticize this documentary, leave. <laughs> I, I will not criticize it. I think, it's, I think it's also really good. And it's good because of all the things you said to let the audiences make up their own damn minds, mm-hmm. which I think is the best part of a documentary or a debate if you will, to really see these characters for who they are or for to let them speak their mind and to like let them put their points across so you can actually like make your own judgment. Yeah, it, ha- it, it had, uh, it was able to understand there are multiple sides to every story um, and like explain and not even defend or try to explain why 
these people believe what they believe, even though it's crazy. And they, I don't think they dipped into the, any dangerous territory of allowing the possibility that they're maybe right. But like, I think that they did show multiple sides. And one of my major things about documentaries is that they never ever do. Like they always have an agenda when they go in and then they're just like, this is my perspective on this thing. And I often find they have no journalistic integrity and I feel like documentaries should have some element of journalistic integrity to them as well as like filmmaking. I, I do think they missed two topics that I think Which are ones? very important. Religion and education. I think they, they sort of touched on education a little bit, but just like the scientists were saying, like the education system's not working perhaps. And, um, but also religion is, plays a huge factor in this there's at least a hundred years of uh, religion versus science going on in, uh, in America in particular. Um, yes, but is the flat earth, I know that's like a major thing when the, with the evolution thing, but is flat, are flat earthers, there was the one guy who was very religious, who it, they called the It started with Dar Darwinism. Darwinism is what started this religion versus scientist debate back in the 1800s. But is that and, about like, and the, it, the flat, and earth flat earth specifically? Flat Earth, there was a Flat Earth Society or something at that point as well hmm. uh, that began with the same people that were debating uh, the religion versus science thing. I this, think religion now, versus science is its own documentary and it's mostly about yeah. evolution. And yeah, Flat well, Earthers didn't strike me as necessarily, like you didn't hear them talk about, other than the one guy, you didn't yeah. hear them talk about the Bible at because all. Because it's, it's evolved and it was always religious up to uh, like up to 2000 really and then when this new guy started it the main guy here um he didn't seem to be religious at all so it was always around conspiracy theory but also just skepticism which i do like that we just focused on that but i just think that the way that it builds up with a country that has a poor education system a huge conflict and uh um what is it? Uh, what's the word? I wrote it down somewhere. Hostile <laughs> uh, environment uh, between um, religion and science um, that they're going to get a crowd of people that want to support what the Bible probably says uh, or other religions. Um, I don't know my Bible well enough. Does anybody know if it meant this like type of earth we live on <laughs> the ge geometric realities of the earth well just the cosmology alone is i mean it that's a conspiracy theory any cosmology is a conspiracy theory or a myth um in terms of religious practice that's a different thing that's like you can have your practices your virtues all that stuff but when it comes to like cosmology i mean that stuff is all it's it's all belief it's all made up you can't know for sure. Mm -hmm. Okay, Matt, what did you think? Uh, um, I really, I really liked it. I thought, well, all, most of the things that you said, I would definitely echo, if not all of them. Like, it's really, really well made. And I think my favorite thing is the fact that the subjects that they featured, kind of like you said, like, ah. Uh, I don't want to use blanket terms and say like they weren't the crazy ones, but they picked people who like 
were very well educated, very well spoken, and kind of when you get past the whole stigma of the flat earthers, like they're people whose opinions I more or less would respect based on just like how educated they are and how well they carry themselves and how strongly they believe what they believe, as opposed to like if the documentary was about the guy who refused to be in the movie because they wouldn't give him $5,000, like then I would have like no interest, little to no interest in this movie. But I like how the big thing that it does is it makes you question facts that you're given and where you draw the line of what you believe, which like, I don't personally believe that the earth is flat, but I think it's something that's really good to just have in the back of your brain to process like, why do I believe certain things that are just taken for granted as fact? Because they bring up the whole issue of like, oh, you believe this because it's what you've been conditioned to believe since childhood, like the world is a globe. And again, even though in this specific case, I am like 99.9% sure that we do live on a globe, like the only way to not know that it's not a globe is to go into space, which is not going to happen in my lifetime. But aside from that, just taking that idea and that questioning and applying it to bigger things outside of the absurdity of whether or not the earth is a disc, I think is a really valuable thing, which I really appreciated. It also, I guess, playing into the whole religion thing, it made me, the one thing I would have liked more insight on was they kept comparing it to Truman Show, which is like the best movie of all time, which I think we should do for Corona Movie Club because it's my favorite movie ever. But maybe I missed it, but they didn't touch on if it is actually, if the argument is to be made that the Earth is a Truman Show style disc with a dome playing into the religious aspect, then like, do they believe that it's a naturally occurring dome? or a dome created by like a higher power like that was something that i was more curious to hear more insights on but i feel like if you in a bit of that okay um greek mythology is actually that uh the um is actually that shape it is a dome it's a, a primordial god which is a dome that protects mother earth uh which is flat and under that is uh uh, what's Hades, the underworld, and below that is an even underworld. An underworld below that is Tartarus. So there had there was a flat Earth belief there, and that water encircled the disc. Um, but even though a lot of their maps showed just land going up, like obviously they didn't travel far north enough or. Uh, east enough or south enough to find the the other water. They just assumed the water went around. They did have the east water, of course, from the Mediterranean, 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 Mediterranean. Thank you. (laughs) And the Atlantic Ocean, like they had Mm -hmm. that knowledge. But um, in terms of like the Arctic and um, south of Africa, like they didn't have all of that knowledge. Like they didn't have that like nobody was traveling that far. Um, but they believe that it was a disc. It was or like a flat saucer mm-hmm. with a dome. And there's tons of myths that involve this dome god that gets that dies, gets held up by Atlas at some point. So literally Atlas holds up the leg or one corner of his father oh, okay. 
uh, or his grand, his father's father, um, uh, he holds up the sky because um, it's a literal like thing. It's a dome that this this god dies, gets killed by Kronos. <laughs> Anyways, I don't have to go into the myth that much, but that was an original mythology thing. And I believe it, there's maybe a few other religions and cosmologies that also align with that. Well, one of the things I found really interesting about the documentary was the, the discussion of like the divisions between the flat earthers. And I think oh, that- right like things like this question of like is well first of all the one we did explore in the documentary is like is it a dome or is it a unlimited sort of plane um and then within within the dome people i'm sure there's lots of factions of some people definitely think aliens some people definitely think higher power some definitely like it's rooted in greek mythology like i'm sure there are multiple um, many factions within the faction of dome people within the flat earth faction. <laughs> um, but to go back to something Matt said earlier in terms of like the selection of who to focus on, I think that was also really inspired on both sides because I think they were lucky also because it was funny. Um, the little thing about like, we could not meet his demands, but yeah. they also were lucky that that guy turned them down because I think yeah. it was very tempting to make him a central mm-hmm. figure and I think... Yeah, they would have Tiger Kingdom. Yeah. And I think that would have been really <laughs> unfortunate. Tiger King is a very badly made thing. Um, and this is a really well-made thing. And one of the reasons is, like, I feel like that guy, not to, like, play doctor, but I feel like that guy quite obviously has some, like, paranoid schizophrenia situations happening yeah. for him. Yeah. Whereas the people that we met... Um, I, one of the things I really liked about them was they, they picked all really calm people who, so they weren't like super reactionary. They weren't like, like, can, they were, they were some quote unquote, somewhat reasonable within <laughs> their, within their conspiracy theories. Like there was a limit to what they would believe. Um, and they, they were, were it wasn't coming from this, like crazy worked yeah. up place of like, oh, well, I'm like a crazy outsider and fuck you all. And like, it was, it was everything for them. They were in their sort of right mind when they were making all these claims. And so they had sort of a reasonability to them, which made them much more human and much more, it made them less kind of less easy to disregard. And I think that's a real benefit to the film because it's a lot more complicated to grapple with. Um, and then on the flip side, the scientists they picked, I was delighted. They were almost all, no, they were all youngish. At, most of them were actually young. Some people like the, like the astronaut was a little bit older, but like for the most part, they were young people. They were a lot of like hit, really hip people, quite <laughs> casual people. And so they, they kind of flouted that kind of stiff academia in like idea of a scientist that we have. Um, and we're sort of like young, open-minded, cool, like people. Um, so on both sides, the, the subjects chosen were very different from what I would have guessed they would be. Um, and I thought that was a real, like, a really strong quality for the film. I, I think, uh, like, when Matt was, Matt, when you were describing, like, you think 
you said that they were educated. I think what was healthy there is that they were skeptical, which I think is mm-hmm. a natural thing. And it's a logical thing that people will go through. And I think it's healthy to be skeptical. But I think they're uneducated because if they looked in history, they would have found that even before, like 100 BC, like 400 BC, they, they were being skeptical then about flat earth. And then, you know, so it's... Yeah, but, it's but what it is, Steve... But is that's not a new skepticism is what I'm trying to say. Well, they know that. But no, they, I know. But then, but then, hold on, let me finish. Okay. But then later on in the documentary, which was great, is that they sort of said that science has a burden. Scientists have a burden, and I would say educational. People have a burden on the regular public to teach this stuff in a way that we can understand it in a way that we can discover it and like on earth. And there are tons of ways that in the past that that has happened, that you don't have to go into space to discover that it's round, that it's a spherical. And I think science is lacking or education has been lacking um, to like educate these people. Right. But what they It's not their fault. The, but the fundamental problem is that they like it it's not that they believe in conspiracy theories because they believe the earth is flat and therefore all the conspiracy theories fall into place to like explain the earth is flat theory they believe the earth is flat because they believe in conspiracy theories like they fundamentally don't trust the government and like or the cult or like anybody ever and so the idea of we know on a very very basic and easy to understand level we know the earth is round because there have been people who've gone up into space and seen it but they don't trust those people they think those or people those are off mm-hmm. the images they think the images are fake they think like so you can educate them but they won't believe you the way you have to educate them is to somehow find a way to show show them them yourself like so that they can see it with their own eyes. But one of the other interesting things about the film is this element like, that goes on and on and on of they keep trying to prove that they're right. And mm-hmm. each experiment, experiment they do proves that they're wrong. But then, then they're just like, I guess we just have to tweak the experiment. And they just keep going and going and going. And even at the very end of the film, they do this laser thing that the very interesting science writer guy, who was my favorite narrator of the film, um, he was like, that'll be interesting because that's not going to work. Um, and then they get to the end, it doesn't work. And they're like, okay, what's next? Like, what do we do? How do we, you know? So I don't really know. I really loved the speech the guy did about like, we have to bring them in. We have, it's our burden to carry and like to educate them. But like, I don't know how, because fundamentally the problem is that they're so mistrustful or distrustful of the culture they live in in the whole world they don't won't take anyone else's word for it so one of them needs to become a, an astronaut and then you have to send them up there but then even <laughs> but they're gonna see to it do that but then they're mm-hmm. gonna say here's the thing you could send them up into space and let them look and they'll say we haven't reached the top of the dome yet like the eclipse yeah. thing, they were like, it's part of the projections of the stars that they do from like Ed Harris is in charge, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Thank see, you. you don't have to be an astronaut to learn, like to see for yourself that it's spherical. There have been many tests and many um, 
uh, experiments or travels that have been done. But the point is that they did them mm-hmm. all and then they were like, oh, but that's not accurate. Mm-hmm. You see them do they, these they, tests in the they didn't. They didn't do them all. They didn't, they didn't go to a very flat space. Uh, they, didn't use, they didn't go in the middle of water and notice that, oh, I can't see Everest. I can <laughs> see the horizon. I just see the, like, if you're in the middle of the ocean, you're not oh, going to yes, see I anything, see you right? Yeah. You're not going to see anything. If it was flat, you would see land. But if you go to the middle of the ocean where there's no land, right away you know that it's hidden somewhere, mm-hmm. which means that there's a level going down. So there's that experiment right away that you can, you can take someone on a boat and do that. Uh, you don't need to be an astronaut. You don't need to have any expertise. But the point is that they would find a way to oh, sure. incorporate that into their idea. So I don't know what the right answer is. I just liked that. But there's no, so I many think- other ones, things to do that you can do on earth there's traveling there's flying around I, the world i believe you yeah. but also yeah, I, I believe that the earth is round so <laughs> i don't know who you're arguing with no 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 but this is what they this is what they need right they need to see it for their own eyes but so Steve, if you, you provide them with these is you could literally send them into space to have them mm-hmm. look at the spherical globe <laughs> and they would say oh it's just because we're not up high enough yet like it, it, like we're just this. The this well, what I'm seeing is still just part of the. But they also have to prove it's flat, right? They have to show us this dome shape, this flat dome shape. Like they have to show us this if they go up and, and like they can't True. be like, well, it's not that as well. You have to like they have to admit it's not one or the other. Then I just they feel have like to if prove you made also it this their point. Far <laughs> holding on to this idea. Where, what is the breaking point? What is the magical experiment that's the one that's like, oh, this one's just irrefutable? <laughs> I, I really think it's the going out in a boat thing. Uh, and then you can take uh, the other thing was uh, seeing another boat go down over the horizon. Um, and as you see it go down, you see like you see the top of the sea. Like that's that's one way to do it. But I if believe not gonna, you. I know, but if they're <laughs> but like if. If they are logical, skeptical people, that if they see it, they'll believe it, then I think like those main characters will believe it. But again, a point was made in the film that if you're the god of this, <laughs> or the, the mayor of this society, and you are getting the riches, people like you, why would you want to disprove it? I think it is notable that the guy running all the experiments and the guy we followed, who's the mayor of flat earth, not the same guy. (laughs) Mayor of flat earth is not looking to prove anything because the status quo works really well for that guy. And he is a crushing egomaniac. (laughs) Like the woman who is like, when you look at yeah, when you look at them at the conference, they are of equal stature in this community. And she is, maybe even more of a public face. Like they, she's just as much of a public face as he is. And she was like, no, I don't get recognized on the street. That's crazy. I'm definitely not a celebrity. And he was like, I'm going to disagree and say I'm a massive celebrity. And the guy at the airport was like, yes. I recognize you. But what the guy at the airport was actually saying was, hey, we have the same name. <laughs> like the, uh, the ego was extraordinary on this guy. He was not in in like you know he was a a a very interesting compelling figure i especially loved some of the like 
silent close-ups we got when he was clearly having a bit of a like revelation that of like <laughs> what I don't want to respond to that out loud um and his face is like very expressive um I found him incredibly compelling but wowza the the like incredible ego on his like I am a celebrity of the of the flat earth world and like when when he was facilitating the interviews for Matt and then Matt didn't want to do them and he was like I mean naturally I guess they offered them to me and I guess I said yes I guess and I'm like sure I doubt you even called Matt and offered him I'm kidding of course (laughs) and they made that point that like we're all it's it feels great to have this like this family this group of people and like we feel felt like outsiders our whole lives and like everyone feels like an outsider at some point yeah, well, in their lives. Yeah. i think a lot of it's yeah. probably like you believe what your people believe yeah. and you yeah. like having people i think that's a lot of what happens with organized religion like yeah, you know yeah. people are so attached to the feeling that their church gives them that they're like sure this wafer is definitely flesh I'll buy that. I'll tell people that. I'll like not be ashamed of genuinely claiming to believe that because it's what their community believes and they love their community. You know, it feels nice to belong to something and to have people who don't think you're crazy. This is why there's a church of like atheists because it's just people, there's just like people that need community. Mm. And these people just go to churches and they talk about science and like they just make up some sermon. Yeah, because it, it is. It's such a, it. it's such a hub of community, and in, especially there's a whole thing. This is off topic, but I I <laughs> heard read a thing once about um, like a lot of rural American places where the whole culture of the town is the church, like the community center at the church. Um, like the the little pageants that they do at church are the only plays that they see in town. The only music in town is the church choir. And so everything is based like around. And so if you don't, if you're not a believer, you're just left out. So there are a lot of people who sort of opt into something, whether they genuinely, if they had other options would, would do so or not. But just from a community standpoint, um, it's such a like valuable thing. And a potentially really toxic thing, um, but a thing that's really important to so many people that um, absolutely that makes sense. The idea of like creating a community, regardless of what the actual content of that community is about. Mm-hmm. But then you have the people that dismissed their family and chose flat Earth over like everyone, like the people who were saying, "Oh, I had to give up my mom and dad, and brother, and sister." because flat earth is important to me. True. But then I would argue that those are probably people who felt like their family didn't understand them in the first place. Mm, True. Because in most of those cases, they framed it as I believed this thing. And then my people turned on me (laughs) as opposed to I turned on my people because they didn't believe this thing. So I'm willing to Mm, bet that they, they were sort of the weirdo in their family. I really liked the mom, like his mom, because they asked her what she believes. Because it was clear that she wasn't completely on the same wavelength as him, but that she was still at least skeptical in a very like natural, logical way as well. Mm -hmm. But that she was, I think, much more open to the possibility of like being, like being a spherical one being true. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And she was such an interesting figure too, because I felt when she was first introduced that she was kind of just like a subtle trolling of like, <laughs> we're going to focus on this guy's mom who's making him his favorite applesauce. And like, <laughs> it's going to be like a little condescending wink that the filmmakers are doing of like, isn't this guy kind of a loser? But then, yeah, the way she became kind of an interesting figure and the fact that he was still connected to her when so many others in his community aren't um i don't know it was like a multifaceted interesting portrayal but it started out seeming a little bit like look at this guy in his mom's basement (laughs) no she kind of yeah she felt like a grounding sort of voice of reason or like a mediator between him and me as someone watching Mm -hmm. which kind of made it more i guess comfortable or more accessible which I appreciated. Do you guys think that the um, will they, won't they love story was real or the filmmakers trying to add a little storyline in there? (laughs) Hmm. I I think it's a little bit of both. I think there's totally something there. Um, Because you can only date within the flat earth, within the flirt (laughs) community. The flirt. (laughs) Flirters. Uh, and I, yeah, I feel like they do balance each other nicely if they were to actually become an item. It might have been one-sided. Like, I felt like she was more into it. Yeah, but then, like, objectively speaking, she is out of his league. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> I don't know. I was, I felt like the maybe the filmmakers were pushing it a little bit more than they needed to, but I also totally loved it like it was they went on a such, date to nasa it was so cute so it like was, this is the rom-com i want <laughs> i want i want a rom-com between the two like middle-aged flat earthers and then their big romantic date is going to the planetarium and yelling the earth is yes, flat, the earth is flat. <laughs> yeah it was cute you know actually i think the scene in the car so the scene where so one of the reasons i liked even though i did feel like it was a little forced the reason i loved this little storyline was that it had nothing to do with whether or not they're right it was just like look at these two genuine human beings regular human beings just like you who are having like living their lives and having feelings and things are complicated and they're not easy and they can't really tell how much they like each other and they're not quite sure. And then it's the most relatable thing in the whole world. And then they had that scene in the car where they were talking about her GPS and it was like so humanizing (laughs) and it was such a lovely scene where I thought he came off really well. Like there was no, like he was so casually feminist in that scene, which I appreciated (laughs) and was shocked by. And like, it was just, it was such a lovely, and they had such a lovely, fun chemistry, and they were bantering back and forth. And I was like, guys, you're such people. And this scene has nothing to do with whether or not you're right. Mm-hmm. Also made a, a comment about the name tag that it made her like, oh, it's like, oh, it's you're not wearing it because it makes you look ugly or something. Oh, because it, it's not fashionable. Yeah, it's yeah, not it was fashionable. A, it, was a little, yeah. it was a little, yeah. and I love that about, I listen Endearing to a lot of thing. podcasts, and I'm always like, deconstructing the relationships <laughs> between the hosts and it was such a moment of like i know you i spend yeah. hours talking to you every week so even though we like don't we're not anything official i know you and you of course i know you're not going to be wearing your name tag <laughs> or or this is my friendly jab 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm in a position with you where I can make that jab. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, I liked I whether it was genuine or not, I liked that that storyline was in there just because it was wholly personal and it was humanizing in a lovely mm-hmm. storytelling way that made the movie about people and not just about look at these crazy weirdos. And I really <laughs> yeah. appreciated that because it just made it a better movie. It was such a good guys, I loved this. <laughs> I, I literally cried in the scene where the scientist guy was talking about like oh yeah yeah that was their potential these would have been potential right. scientists i literally i just it was like an incontrollable i was fine i was fine and then it just happened and then just my eyes were leaking yeah it's not even steel magnolias reaching out instead that. of pointing fingers no. steel magnolias i was immune to steel magnolias <laughs> because they were trying really hard to make me cry mm-hmm. whereas this was like they weren't trying to make me cry they were just trying to do good and yeah. that gets me every time. Just mm-hmm. try to do good yeah. and believe in people. Yeah. Yeah. You, can't, you can't belittle, belittle people because then they'll get defensive. Like you need, to, you need to open up, ask the questions that they're asking and be like, well, what, what would work for you? What would, like, let's try and think of ways that we could prove this. Let's put you on a boat with Steve Vargo <laughs> yeah. and put you in the middle <laughs> of the ocean and just exactly. have him argue with you. Yeah. So I can yell at you about everything I was yelling at, or I could be like, why don't you come on this little trip with me? I did enjoy the the woman <laughs> from Nightline being like, why don't you just raise a bunch of money and like get on a boat and find the edge? And he was like, yeah. oh, we're planning that. <laughs> yeah, so Antarctica is all the way around. That's what, that's their, yeah. that's what it, they all so, seem to believe Okay, in. so they can take a boat, but then they have to get off the boat and walk inland into Antarctica. Yeah, they have to go. I mean, you would eventually go across Antarctica and end up in another ocean. No, but there is no other ocean. No, but no, well, like, um, according to them. According to, see, this is something that confused me because I Antarctica had watched is a circle. this movie a while ago. I can't, uh, I've evidently I've seen more than one thing with flat earthers, which I find disconcerting that I've apparently watched more than this but i guess i have because i distinctly remember and it wasn't this movie it was probably something else on youtube where they were saying that when you get to the edge it's like in pac-man how the ghost like goes to this side of the screen then they just appear here (laughs) and that's what it is (laughs) yeah so you would end up on the north pole yeah and that it like teleports you to the other side so that consciously you don't realize that you're that you've like reached the edge you just end up on the other side because you t- you tell but that wouldn't happen feel, that didn't feel like these people no it didn't don't feel right so what you're saying though steve is that antarctica is a circle so yeah, it's an it's island sort of, yeah. it's like a ring around yeah. the edge so what i'm saying is so they would get on a boat sorry it, sorry it, i i meant in real life it's an island that is a circle <laughs> Yes. In in their world, it's a circle around. The, it's a, the ring. a donut. Yeah, it's, it's a, a ring. ring. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, you basically you get in a boat and you sail sort of in any direction, and eventually <laughs> you will hit Antarctica. And you, you have, have to, to go get south. Off, and you on, you get on <laughs> off your boat and you start walking in a straight line. Yeah. In any straight line, but then eventually, like Antarctica is not endless. So Correct. eventually you're going to hit something and 
70% of these people are dome people. So theoretically, <laughs> the end, eventually you're going to hit the edge of the you dome. You hit the dome. Like Truman does. Now his is, yeah. his is beside water, but this <laughs> is, theirs is in Antarctica. Yeah. And, but you will hit a, a dome wall at yes. some point. So they exactly. have to go, sail to Antarctica, then get off and then walk to the edge of the dome. Their like their theory is possible. They got to just do it and prove it, but they're not going to because people have already done it. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Like it's one of yeah. those, like they keep having to come up with new. Every time it was refuted by one of the <laughs> experiments they were doing, they would have to come up with like a further and further sort of outlandish explanation for why now that now their theory they can no longer include this thing that they've now disproven. <laughs> and so they, the more experiments they do, the harder and harder it gets for them. And so they can't do that experiment, <laughs> but they also genuinely, there's gotta be some part of their subconscious that is like stopping them from doing that experiment because they know they're wrong. Mm. Because if they honestly yeah. think they're right, they would do that experiment tomorrow because then they would be able to prove to everybody else that they're right. It's that mayor. Mm. It's that mayor argument that it's like we, that that you're saying is just like yeah. we, we. This is our culture. We can't. We can't disprove it, or else I'd lose everything. I'd lose my whole mm. life. There is also something I think, probably on a subconscious level, um, where like there's something appealing about being in the minority, thought-wise. Yeah. Um, I'm like this with like movies and tv shows that you know if if everyone starts watching a show that i've been loving for years i get kind of resentful or like <laughs> in university sure. everyone two years after me everyone started liking the guy i liked and i was like guys <laughs> I love it. Dibs. two years after me you couldn't see it two years ago which means you don't deserve it <laughs> you know what i mean or like this, I'm wearing my my favorite podcast shirt right now, and like no one listens to this podcast. But if it were to take off, I'd be like, I don't know, it's not really as special anymore. <laughs> so you know, not everybody. If everybody suddenly believed the Earth was flat, these people wouldn't. They would lose a lot of its luster. I do think, because it's a fun little insular community. <laughs> But I wonder if it's just going to keep coming up. Like we're we're going to get it proven, disproven, and then people are going to be skeptic again. And we just got to have that constant education and science and discussion. And it's, it's also it's, generational, it's just, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like any of the people who were flat earthers and then were given like like centuries ago and then received the concrete proof that it's not flat are now dead and now. True. Um, now current flat earthers can consider that the fact that they converted as part of the grand cultural lie. So when these people, even if they find out that it's officially like a globe, they will eventually die. And the next generation of flat earthers, when this comes around again, will be like, oh, that conclusive experiment that they did was part of a big government conspiracy <laughs> to make people not well, think that it was flat. It just reminded me of something. Uh, you know, Mike Hughes, um, this happened like two years ago. Your cues? Mike, Mike Hughes? Mike Hughes. So he is a flat earther and he was trying to build a, a man-made spaceship to go up and look at the curvature of the, of the earth. 
on his second attempt, Good. something went wrong, and he fell to his death. Oh, um, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Not good. And this was kind of a big thing in the new Flat Earthers news that kind of happened because it was like this, it was sort of an exciting thing for him to do. And it's on video, which is kind of weird, but um, uh, like not, like he didn't have like a cam on hand, like it's a far away video that you, things fall or whatever. But um, yeah, it was just like Flat Earthers were, so, were, I mean, the ones that were like, wanting to see if it was going to be real or not. They were so excited for him, a flat earther, to go up and see it for himself. And, um, and then it just really horribly failed, unfortunately. So, but then did they all think that that was like a government conspiracy and like he was murdered and like all that kind of thing? Uh, there there might have been a couple. I, I think someone said something about sabotage. Yeah, um, that seems about right for them. But then other people were just like, it was just an accident. Like, it was just, mm. it was just unfortunate. Hmm. Mm. Anyway. Yeah. Crazy. This was a really good documentary, though. Just from, like, a documentary make, like, it was a fascinating yeah. story. Mm-hmm. The actual film, it's been so long since I've seen just a documentary that I thought was really well made on a filmmaking front. Like I've re- I think R- RBG was pretty good, but like for the most part, it's either an interesting story. No, they're mostly the good documentaries are just interesting stories. They're never, mm. they're very rarely really well made, really well told stories. I think this was just a really good film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, especially when it comes to like a debate kind of topic where yeah. this was a very unbiased kind of direction. But without being irresponsibly so, because I do yeah. think if they had gone fully, fully balanced with it, that would have been potentially a little dangerous. Mm. Because the last thing these filmmakers want is for anybody to leave their film now wanting to be, like now thinking that the earth is flat. Like yeah, they yeah. wanted to be very mm-hmm. clear, but then also be fair and be kind. And I think mm-hmm. they really accomplished that. And it was, it was, yeah. I just like, it was like a, a psychological character portrait no but that also showed had some sort of weird like ability to journalistically evaluate like demonstrate two sides of things while also being like no one is, one side's better <laughs> but there are two sides and we can understand and empathize with how why the people believe in the other side without mm-hmm. writing those people off or calling them bad i think it's just like a remarkable moment of human filmmaking which does not happen well enough said. at all I felt more things than other documentaries, so I, I don't feel the same way. I think it, I think it was still a good documentary, but I felt a lot more things than other documentaries. Like, Dear Zachary, or just like What's Dear Zachary, anything that involves you animals. haven't seen Dear Zachary. No. Oh my gosh, Kelly. What is that? I, I'm not going to tell you because you need to watch it and <laughs> have. The ex- oh, it's not a good emotional experience, <laughs> but you need to have the very emotional experience of watching it, not knowing what's going to happen. And having absolutely no idea what it's about at all? Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Is it- you, might cry- you will either cry or you might hold issue with how it's structured. Well, and those aren't necessarily mutually exclusive. True. 
right? It might that, all like, happen. I always, my, the example I always give to explain how easily I cry is I cry twice in every episode of Chicago Fire, which is not to say that it's like, the greatest show of all time. I know it's not a really well-made show, but it's just mm. a show that hits me for whatever cry triggers I have. Um, so it can definitely be a badly made documentary. <laughs> the story just hits me. Um, oh, okay, then yeah, that, that, that will happen. But it depends on my cry triggers. Steel Magnolias oh, is very sad and I didn't care. So true. Is this a Googleable? Is this like on? I, it, it was on Netflix years ago when I watched it. I don't know if it still is. Dear Zachary. Yeah, Dear Zachary. Okay, I'm going to look it up and I'm going to watch that. I don't have anything <laughs> to do tonight. I might do that literally when we... <laughs> Just because I'm so curious and now I'm like also really anxious about like anyone. You know how like... Once, you, once someone says a word, you start seeing that word everywhere. I'm now okay, yeah. like see dear Zachary stuff, and I'm gonna get spoiled. And I like this Fair. like total blindness. And also, I'm like weirdly trusting you. Um, <laughs> like, I don't. I'm just gonna blindly watch the thing that could be like horribly traumatic, just because Matt. Yeah. Enjoy that. Yes. <laughs> okay. Mm. Does anyone have anything else to say about this particularly lovely, wonderful, amazing movie that is better than Vargo thinks it is? <laughs> I like, well, I've touched on this. I like the bigger ideas it opens up about just belief versus listening to other people, which I think is just always going to be a very pertinent topic. And I think it lands a lot stronger when it's such an, like, I don't want to say absurd, but like, such a big idea like is the earth flat and i think it just it is it's a really good illustration of the very truthful human nature of people's uh, unwillingness to change their beliefs no matter how like how much evidence there is i'm mostly just thinking about the guy i got into my king lear debate with because <laughs> <laughs> and yeah this and it's actually was, like stalking you around the internet oh, yeah, i know well i was kind of i was baiting him to try to get public interest in my youtube channel but <laughs> like i i found a shakespeare group that he was part of on facebook and joined it and posted my video hoping he would bite and then he did um which was great but no like not even just him just it's something that i've personally like i've encountered with shakespeare people a lot hashtag acting school where and it seems to happen i'm sure it happens with all facets of things just in my life experience it happens a lot with people who are really into Shakespeare there's a very special breed where they will be very attached to certain beliefs about like this comma is sacred because Shakespeare <laughs> put it here and it means this without any acknowledgement to the fact of like well you know logically that an editor put that comma there probably like maybe a hundred years ago and that comma wasn't in the folio but according to you it's the most important thing and like when people are married to a very specific belief, they will not, you can't change, you can't change people if they're already decided that they're not willing to change how they think about things, which I think is very strongly illustrated by this movie. Or like I think Margo's opinions yeah. on You've Got Mail. Yes, exactly. Yeah. What were my opinions <laughs> on that? Uh, you just were. You didn't like Meg Ryan because her story was about uh, her as a businesswoman, and you wanted it to be more focused on oh, right, that love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you to make a dumb joke at Fargo's expense. Oh, no, that was basically it. And I, I had to remember what movie like, you were talking about. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. okay, I remember. Movie with Tom Hanks. And you said you thought they were like two different movies and his was a love story and hers was about her business failing. And then it yeah. had no payoff for her love story at the end or something like that. Yeah, I just- Mail was the episode of yeah. Corona Movie Club when Vargo and I unhomied. <laughs> <laughs> right after we like homied on- uh, on my, my best, best friend's, friend's wedding. wedding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh yeah, that movie. That was fun. Um, but then but, we've had a few yeah. other one-on-ones. <laughs> yeah, we need more people in Corona Movie Club. But this was delightful. Oh. This yeah. was exactly the right number of people <laughs> to talk about yeah. this lovely movie. I guess I, I wish I had. Ma- I guess we had maybe some religious people on the panel because I don't mm. know that we have any religious people on the. Okay. List. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're difficult mm-hmm. to find in big city. But I think that would be a, an interesting discussion to have about beliefs and skepticism and stuff on about this movie because that's, I just think one big part of this film that was just not there. But otherwise, I um, yeah, it was kind really, of there when really they said the, the skepticism part of it. They were talking about like how out of all the conspiracy theories is like one of the nicest ones because you can have songs about it. <laughs> yeah. which I think kind of touched on well very indirectly but it kind of touched on that whole idea about like to me it read as religion doesn't really factor into this and it's kind of it's a nice air quote conspiracy theory in that it doesn't really hurt anybody the same way other ones do or the same way that like like how they said you can have nice songs about the earth being flat but like you can't have that about nine eleven. Yeah. Yeah. I I was thinking that the whole way through, it was sort of interesting that like this is, and and then they they touched on it right at the very end where they were like, I know you feel like this is like, just let them believe it. It doesn't really matter, but here's why it's dangerous. And if you think about it in the, in the sense of like any skepticism of science is inherently dangerous. um, That's interesting. But I do that, that idea of like, this is like a nice, it's fine. Like it's, it's a nice one. Out of all of them, this is pretty benign. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there's yeah. songs. It's cute, you know. Yeah. It's not. It's and it's not dangerous. It's not, you know, like like anti-vaxxers are terrifying. Yeah, yeah. It's terrifying. Um, but like, it, they did touch on the end. I liked that little. It was almost like a twist. Like you knew that they were gonna get there eventually. The idea of like this is not totally benign, but they really did let you feel that and sort of just like have it in your head of just like, it's, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> and then at the end there's like, okay, it's just like a little bit less okay than you want it to be, but it is not the worst thing. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that I, one thing I will say is the, the way they introduced each of the major flat earther characters that they followed is like, they each had little nicknames of the type of person, like the interviewer and the, the evangelist and the whatever. And then they, most of them, they didn't really follow them because they weren't as compelling of characters as the main characters. But like that idea of the different angles on it, I think if it was like a mini series following each of them and like the evangelist guy, like really diving into the religion element of how it best factors in versus I think this what was his name. Steve, the main guy was his name, Steve. Oh, no. <laughs> I think feel like it had an M. I think Mark? I wrote it down somewhere. Mark. I don't know. The main guy, his 
Matt was definitely the really the really scary guy. Yeah. Um, oh, it's Mark. S- Mark Sargent. Mark Sargent. That's yeah. why I thought it was Steve because it was an S. Um, Mark, <laughs> like, I don't think religion's a thing in this for Mark. And so because yeah. we were following him, I liked, again, I'm, I say this all the time, but like, I liked that it was short. It was zippy. It had, it was really well paced. And I wouldn't want to add another I think if they tried to take more religious angle, they would have been sort of opening Pandora's box. And in order to do it justice, it would have had to, they would have had to give it a lot more attention. Yeah, there I think to open that box two. and then, yeah, and then give it a little yeah. bit of attention wouldn't have felt right. And so I think if it was a series, that would be an interesting idea of like, let's look at it from all these different angles. But if we're just making a like really concise, really human film, n- leaving that door closed, I think was the right call for this particular film, but it is a, an element of the subject matter that is interesting enough that I would be interested in watching something else about it based on having seen this film, but I didn't want it to be in this film. There is a good documentary with uh, Bill Nye on the, um, I I forgot what it is, but it it involves flat earthers as well, but it's science in general, just like science deniers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on Netflix as well. Uh, it's Ooh. it's good, and but that one definitely touches on religion because they talk about the big Ark museum and disprove like men men with dinosaurs in an exhibition, like humans and dinosaurs, which never existed together. Is that what the big Ark exposition? Expo- what? Yeah, it, it um it exhibits. It's disproving everything that like creationism. It's it's like it's uh, Darwinism. Everything. They're just trying to say like all of these things happened and all of these things happened that people said that people proved that didn't happen. And like we heard in this documentary that like dinosaurs never, like someone said dinosaurs never existed. It's a conspiracy theory. Um, it's like, well, we have bones. But, they um, haven't been to Disney's animal kingdom. Yeah, they're planted. Yeah. Yeah, but in this one, they say that dinosaurs existed, but at the same time as man, and there was no, like, ice age, and... So. Except not crazy, because crazy is a dismissive word. Yes. True. <laughs> Except that Matt guy, who genuinely does need yeah. some help. <laughs> he, like, really... that yeah, I found him really disturbing, and he needs mm-hmm. some help. Um, but Mark, you know, he's all right. Yeah. yeah. Too much of an ego, but he's all right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyone have anything else they want to say before we call it? Okay. Yeah. Everybody meow on three. <laughs> okay. Bye. Meow. Okay. <laughs>